Bandwidth for all shows on the Aussie Tech Heads network is supplied by Aussie Tech Heads Web Hosting. For a fast, affordable and reliable Australian server with fantastic support, contact Aussie Tech Heads Web Hosting at aussietechheads.com.au. Aussie Tech Heads, Australia's best hosting service. of Aussie Tech Heads, episode, what is it, 424, welcome. This is an episode for the week, I don't know, beginning, ending, whatever you like, 12th of February 2015, uh, always brought to you by Aussie Tech Heads web hosting, athwebhosting.com.au, nice little shared servers, uh, nice relatively okay plans there, you know, well within the budget, affordable, so jump on in and have a look. And also brought to you by scopeiteducation.com.au. Well done, guys. All right, let's get straight into it, eh? We got a we got a few stories to get through tonight. We got a couple of hosts, the uh, usual suspects. I don't know. Oh, did we see Shane last week? I don't know, but Shane's here this week. Hello, Shane. Hello, Glenn. How are we? Not too bad. Well, what's been going on? Did we see you yeah. last week? I can't remember. Blues. No, you know? I was a late withdrawal last week because um, the one of the guys at work who does the the closing shift, he was on site or something. Right. It was nearly a no-show um, tonight for the same reason, but it all came together and you know, it was all right on the night, as they say. Good stuff, good stuff. And uh, William, how you doing? Yes, sir. How you doing, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, you, you've got the, the council shirt on again? You just come home from work? <laughs> no, I've um, been doing Count- downstairs the- today, cleaning up my shed and getting all that sort of stuff. I had, day. I had to go on. <laughs> the in-laws came up from Evans Head. So they drove past the Gold Coast to come to our place so that we could take them to the Gold Coast Hospital. Right. Why they... Uh, right. That's good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, well, that maybe they, they didn't know that the Gold Coast Hospital had moved. Maybe that's why they needed some guidance. No, they told us how to get there. Once we got, I've never been to the new one. Right. Once we got into the Gold Coast, they directed us how to get there. Oh, you could take a uh, tram. Oh, no, you're coming from the wrong way, aren't you? Yeah. Hmm. Yes, okay. Well, I went up through the Gateway Bridge and my little, you know, your little toll thing beeped twice. And I thought, oh, what's going on here? Low credit. You get to your credit warning. Yes, that's what it was. But it beeped twice on the way up and the way back two days later. I was getting worried, but um, but it was all good. You're right, Will. It was no, low it's just back. because it you're at your credit warning, low... but you haven't reached your recharge limit. Yes, that's right. I only like, I don't like too many beeps. One beep is good, like the PC when it boots. Just, I just do one beep. That's all Yeah, that's one, all one's I do. fine. Two's, you're at your warning. Three's, you've actually. Reached your limit, and uh, or your yeah your recharge limit, and then four is actually um, bad. Mm. <laughs> four is you've gone over your limit. You're now in debt, and uh, we're gonna you know raid your house and take your firstborn. Well, I did. I went away for the weekend, and I, I uh, went up to the sunny coast and got a little a uh, little hotel room or whatever. And I took my Apple TV, and I thought, you know, um, I want to be able to use that Ten Play app that I was talking about last week. I think it was. It's great. You know, um, that's just so more stable than the than the 10 play app on the iPhone. That uh, yes, yeah, so I took that away thinking, oh yeah, be watching all my shows, you know, on channel t- off 10 play. But got there, didn't take the silver remote, did I? Yeah. No, because I, I'm normally using the remote off the iPhone, which is Wi-Fi, which goes through a router, which didn't hook up to the uh, device. But lucky enough, there was Wi-Fi in the place, and I'm thinking, how am I gonna how am I gonna work this out? Because it wasn't one of those, you know, how you had to log in before you can. Yeah. Yeah, so there was no no uh, function on the Apple TV to let you log in, you know, to access the internet. And that was my conundrum. That was my problem. But I'll tell you what happened is I, f- I figured it out. What I did was I connected the Apple TV up to the 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 router, like with a lead, with the LAN cable. And then that let me, then I joined the Wi-Fi with the phone. And then that gave me enough uh, sort of like connection to get into the to be able to move around the um, Apple TV menu, went to settings, went to um, went to uh, the uh, whatever learner remote section. 
There was a learner remote section. So I went there, learnt the remote for the TV in the hotel room, unplugged <laughs> it all, and, and then hooked it all back up through Wi-Fi, and it all went. Oh, I was, oh, I was mighty impressed. It was good. So, um, but the the ticket is you take your little silver remote with you, and I'm on the I'm gonna might be on the lookout for like a little some sort of portable you know router or something. So if I don't have to go through that rubbish again, yeah, I've crazy. got a credit card size router. So, um, oh, right. It's basically um just a little Wi-Fi hotspot. Yeah, right. Where'd you get that from? Uh, eBay. Oh yeah, how much? But I know MSY's got them. I think they're about thirty bucks or something. This I just wanted to try test out a concept before I um, spent the money. It was like three bucks. Yeah, I right. wouldn't trust it. It's not something I'd want to use. But it was great to test the theory. And now I know it works. I'll go and spend the thirty bucks and buy a, a so, reasonable one that's going to yeah. be used once a month. So what? It's got a LAN LAN port in it. It's got a um, yeah. It's got it's got a WAN one WAN one one WAN and two LANs. Oh nice. How big is and, it? And um. And it's got a little Wi-Fi thing built in. It's not real big. It's only... So, and then it acts just as like a normal router, like... <clears throat> one... I mean, that's without the... You've got to plug it into USB or something for power or have a USB power adapter or something like that. Oh, all right. Oh, that's pretty um, cool. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it's not real strong. Like the range on it's probably only... Uh, maybe, you know, maybe you'd walk around a motel room. It wouldn't be much stronger than that. But it yeah, does well, that's all right. Yeah, well, that's all you need. But anyway, yeah, so uh, yeah, it can be done. If you forget your remote, it can be done. But it's a bit of mucking around. But yeah, luckily, uh, we had Wi-Fi in the room, which came luckily via a, a, each room must have had its own little modem router thing. So that was good. All right. Now, speaking of TVs and, and 10 plays and and whatever else, uh, Shane, I think you've got a story about the all these new IPTV channels that are that's coming out. Oh, yeah, I do. Um, I know the one you're talking about. It is the one where the, I found a story where basically it's saying that the story was saying that Australians have got no excuse now uh, about pirating shows with the new streaming services that are on the verge of coming out. They're affordable. They're um, straight from the US, like as in like literally straight from the US, not you know super being straight from the US, and then you know you find out that you're actually still three weeks behind, kind of thing. Uh, the story starts off by saying a choice survey last year showed that most of those who pirated uh, did so due to inconvenience, price and delayed availability. Game of Thrones has been a constant problem for studios with Australians pirating the show more than any other series. At first, the excuse was the delay. Then when Foxtel uh, fast-tracked it, the excuse was the price. And then Foxtel uh, dropped the price for just for the Game of Thrones, Thrones fans. Uh, and then, but Stan's come along. Stan launched uh, the other day. Stan launches a better <coughs> Stan launches Stan launch of Better Call Saul, which is the offshoot of uh, Breaking Bad, I believe. Yes, that's uh, right. Offered a premiere of for free via the 30-day free trial mm. before it becomes nine dollars ninety a month in HD quality by an easy-to-use service straight after it aired in the U.S. Yes. Uh, so, again, it, it means that, you know, even when they actually start charging you, it's only going to be 10 bucks a month, and it's, yeah, you know, straight after the U.S. Mm. Is, um, and it must it, mean it must have streamed over it like at, like, you know, early hours of the morning or during the day or something. Yeah, I know. Definitely it was the next day because, look, I watched the first episode and, and then I looked to see when the second episode was on uh, in the US and then it, it did. It came out pretty much after it was aired, which is keeping up with the likes of, I think, Netflix. They do all that sort of stuff, don't they? Um, but, yeah, look, better call. So, oh, that's not too bad. It's only two episodes in, but it's not. It's, it's pretty good. Look, I've got the free trial of Stan. Yeah, it goes all right. Uh, no, no complaints really. I'll tell you a complaint I do have though, and that's with Presto. I can't believe it. And you won't believe this either. Like seriously, like uh, to me, like it has to ask the question, who runs these joints? Like fair income. I thought, okay, Presto. Uh, now oh, if you saw the Facebook post through the week, there's free, uh, a 90 day free Presto, uh, login, a free promo code for 90 days. Uh, if you, if you've got a Chromecast. So, and yeah, so jump onto that. That's pretty good. I think you can also get download a movie and a couple of other little freebies. It's on the Facebook page, uh, facebook.com forward slash Aussie Tech. Go out there. It was probably last Tuesday or something. But anyway, Presto, getting back to Presto, I wanted to, uh, yeah, I wanted to download that and I wanted to hook up, you know, get the 90 day trial or whatever. So I get to the iPhone out, go Presto, where's Presto? Can't find Presto. I'm thinking, well, why can't I find it? 
And I'm thinking, okay, maybe it's a Channel 7 Presto or whatever. Is it Crusto? I think that's what I ended up calling old Crusto because it's only available on the iPad, can you believe? Like, the whole idea is you push it to your Apple TV, isn't it? And it's only available on the iPad. Who's running really? these joints? Fair income. Yeah. That's well thought out. Yeah, I know. So anyway, I don't actually mention that anywhere that I've seen. <laughs> well, I didn't mention, I didn't see it either. But uh, yeah, it's only iPad, <laughs> tablets, and desktop. Oh, who's running this show? I love the bottom of that article where it says, um, "You know, with the barrage of streaming services launching locally this year, and TV show rights being snapped up by them, more and more shows will be available easily and affordably and quickly. So those people are still pirating Better Call Saul as we speak. You now have no excuse." Well, um, well, except for the fact that I'm not going to pay $10 a month to watch one show. And it comes back to the fact, <laughs> not that I'm going to watch that show anyway, but mm. it comes back to the fact that I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to pay to watch it. So me downloading it isn't affecting the end outcome because it's not something I'm going to watch. And if I was going to watch it, I wouldn't pay... You know, ten bucks, for example. But if there was a show for, that you... for an entire service that, I, if if there was say, I don't know, I only well, there's only like four shows I watch at the moment anyway. But if there was all of those available for ten bucks a month mm. on that one service, then yes, the problem is these services is they're so so seg- segregated. Mm. Some some one service has one show, one service yeah. has another. One show, you know, sometimes you know. If you gave me the option and said, I want to watch this, this, and this, you know, so they said, okay, it's 10 bucks a month, you can have up to 50 shows. Yeah. Cool. Done. Let me choose the shows I want to watch. So, yeah, that's never going to happen, though. No, I know. But the point is, you know, it's not a show I'm going to watch, or it's certainly not a show I'm going to pay to watch. And if there was one particular show on that network I'm going to watch, well, I'm not going to pay to watch 300 shows when there's mm. only one on there that I want to watch anyway. And don't bitch at me because you're not smart enough to let me pay for that one show I want to watch. Yeah, well, I think what... It's all... either I don't watch it and don't get to talk about it and don't tell anyone about it and nothing gets forwarded anyway or I download it, I pirate it, I watch it, I enjoy it, I tell my mate who does have Foxtel or Stan or whatever and he starts watching it and but, they get the credit for it. So but you could have a, you could look at it this way though. If you if you did find a show on there you wanted to watch and you said yeah okay you'd buy episode by episode, but then it's like ten bucks, only like say two dollars fifty per episode for a month. You might as well have paid your ten and got the whole catalogue as well. But look, I know what you're saying. Um, look, there's you, the show that you want to watch is you know you might want to watch one show unfortunately off the three different services. But yeah. then again, it's still going to be cheaper than Foxtel. So well, Foxhill's yeah, gonna, <laughs> yeah, Foxhill's gonna die a death of slow death, I reckon. I mean, as I said, if they were, if maybe in six months' time when the range does pick up, um, oh, will you stop? Who rings at this time of night? Seriously, um, when the range of the shows pick up, then yeah, okay, fine, I don't mind paying ten bucks a month because there probably is half a dozen shows in there I watch, mm. you know. But uh, I don't know, maybe it's just me. I mean, and as I said, <laughs> as you said, things they don't mention, like you know like you're saying, where you can only use the Apple TV. Mm. But yeah, well, I think you can use Chromecast as well. Uh, but yeah, I just found it in, in interesting that Presto wasn't on the iPhone. Like, I, I don't know. I'm, I didn't understand that. So now I'm not, I'm, not doing the, I'm not doing it because it's just not there. And I think most people will be probably in that boat. Not everyone's got an iPad or a tablet. Uh, but anyway, that's how it goes. So was it, was it any tablet or was it just I think it, well, I think it was Android as well. I think it was oh. cross-platform. It was just, um, just not on the phone, which was, I thought was a bit crazy. What's the Foxtel that? was similar with um, their Foxtel Go. They were even more limited in that they'd only allow it on, initially on Samsung tablets. It might still even be the case. Um, I, know, I don't no. know with that. I know with Optus TV, um, initially they didn't allow it on tablets. It would only work on the phones. No, the Foxtel Go works on the iPads. And oh, okay, I, my, yeah, it might be iPads, but the only Android tablet might be a Samsung oh, okay. or something. Yeah, Foxtel Go works on iPad, iPhone, uh, desktop, but you can only have three devices hooked up. And you can only change one per month. So you've got your three devices hooked up this month, and you want to change to another device. Well, you can, but you, you, can't, change, yeah, but you can't do any more until the next month. So. What was interesting, I only just discovered this but the other day, is actually I can, it's, I can actually watch um, Optus TV on, on our phones from anywhere. Like if we're on a, a Wi-Fi somewhere else, we can log into Optus at home yeah, right. and watch whatever we've got recorded on our box. Yeah, well, that's pretty cool. 
Yeah, that I don't remember reading that anywhere. Maybe I missed it, but as far as I know, it's something that I've never seen publicised. I remember Optus was doing that with the with the sport or something. They had their Optus Drive. Yeah, in the sky. That's why I thought it was only four, but it turns out it's everything now. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. Because I did it by accident while we were away the other weekend. I was just flicking through. I'm like, oh, I wonder if I can log in and change my recording because they changed the scheduling on one of the shows. Mm. And I'm like, they went from the Saturday rerun to a Sunday rerun, so I swapped it around. I'm like. And says, oh, view your recorder. Okay, cool. Went through and viewed it. And then goes, oh, you want to play this on your device? I'm like, share. Okay. <laughs> yeah, why not? Why, so it forced me to actually run a cable out to my Optus box now. I only had it on Wi-Fi and the Wi-Fi wasn't fast enough to stream the video. So I've actually got it hardwired in now. <laughs> yeah, so we're, so we're all waiting for Netflix. That's the, we're waiting for the last one to join us. And uh, we'll see how that goes, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, they reckon that'll be pretty soon, so we'll see. Yeah, March or something. But yeah, for the look for the moment, that stands pretty good. Uh, it's got the Better Call Soul straight from the US. I, I've been watching IT crowd. I've been watching 40 Towers. Uh, you know, what, what do you do when you're on a free 30 days? <laughs> Go for gold, I say. Go for gold. All right. Uh, let's move on to driverless cars. They're coming. They are coming. Uh, South Australia. Look, they want to become the first state to pass rules that would allow driverless cars on its roads and possibly within years. So uh, I think, uh, of course, we've got the driverless cars now over in the in the US and I think the laws are starting to catch up over there in some states. But, uh, yeah, so that's all, that's all systems go. Uh, now, from the government said, our legislation also needs to modernise. It's a patchwork of over 55 years of, years of amendments and it's often unwildly or unwieldy, depends on... What state you come from? <laughs> overly, uh, overly prescriptive and blind to new technologies. Our review of the legislation will identify obstacles that prevent the introduction of self-driving and high, highly automated cars on South Australian roads, while also maintaining existing high levels of road safety. On South Australian roads. So, okay, we're going to upgrade our laws for one state. The rest will follow, though. <laughs> They, it's it's only the same been in America. The, it's all patchwork in America, like yeah, California. It's, it it's only been in the last week that the finally all the laws have come into the same in Australia where uh, you see four drives get around with the LED light bars. Yeah. Uh, I've got some on mine. In some states, well, in most states up until a couple of years ago, you had to put a strip of tape around the middle of them to make them two separate lights because it was illegal to have an odd number of lights on a vehicle. Hmm. And yeah, it's right. been over the last couple of years, that's slowly been changed. And finally, New South Wales changed their legislation last week to say that that's scrap. So it's taken two years, but all the states have come into line with that rule. That one simple rule. Mm. <laughs> In <laughs> WA, we, can't even have, we aren't even allowed to use our fog lights over here. No, not anywhere now, unless it's actually inclement weather, yeah. Do you get fog? Yeah. Why yeah you're allowed to use it in bad weather. In low visibility conditions, you can use them. Mm. If we were, because I think so, we weren't fine or anything, but we got pulled over and the cop said it's not to do, it's to do with the fact that you've got lights at different levels. Right. Going allowed to have lights, like headlights, headlight type lights at the one level, apparently. Yeah, well, your I fog see. lights, it's not that. The fog lights are actually designed to aim up, so they're down low on the vehicle and they aim up, so they cut through the fog and light your way. So uh -huh. when you've got a car coming towards you, it's shining straight in their eyes, uh -huh. and which is why they've made it so they can only use them in bad weather and in fine weather. I wish people, I swear, I just felt like getting a hammer and smashing them because they're the most annoying things when you're driving towards them. Yeah, oh, they're so bright. Now, in the, in the mining sector, fleets of autonomous trucks have offered a safe and efficient alternative to risky driving scenarios. That sort of reminds me of that show. <laughs> there's nothing else to hit. <laughs> yeah, reminds me of that show. What is it? Ice, ice road truckers or something? Now, internationally, a number of US states, including California, have passed laws for driverless cars on their roads. Uh, the UK government is trialling it as well. Uh, and but look, there's one of the things here that I never really thought of: the benefits for disabled people and people that can't get out of the house or can't drive. How good would that be? You won't mm. need a driver; just jump in the car. Look, over, uh, at the end of the day, it's technology. It's it's open to be hacked. It's all this sort of stuff. Geez, you want to be you just want to be sure they're right, eh? Like same with the drones. Like, you, would you really trust a driverless car? I don't know. I suppose you do. No, you trust a driver, and drivers make far more mistakes than computers. Probably, probably. <laughs> the the one the one thing they they are having issues with still, and even Google admits to it, is for example, if a dog runs onto the road, yep. okay, or a kid runs onto the road, okay. So if a dog runs onto the road, the computers can figure out, okay, is it safer for me just to hit the dog? 
swerve around it or break suddenly. Yeah. Okay. Now, if a kid runs onto the road, immediately it's like, okay, I can't hit the kid. My decision is do I break suddenly and let someone run up behind me or do I swerve into somebody? So suddenly the option, you know, a, a human's just going to swerve and it's, and it's a big deal. But if yeah. a computer makes that mistake, you know, that if it doesn't identify it as a, as a, a kid, it identifies it as a dog and just runs over it, you know. So there's still some issues with things like that. Mm. Yeah, but for the most part, I mean, the Google cars have done. We did a story on it a few months ago. What have they done? A hundred, you know, a million miles combined, or some something between them all, and there's been no incidents. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. So. Well, that's all right. Yeah. Look, that'd be good as long as the technology's uh, up to scratch. Uh, okay. Will, what what is it, what can you move us on from that? Yeah, what, what I mean, got? you know, having autonomous things is all fine and dandy, but um, you know, it's it's not always without <laughs> without its cause. Um. There's uh, Elton Musk and Stephen Hawking both warned us that artificial intelligence would be what ends humanity. Last week, a South Korean woman was attacked by a robot vacuum cleaner. Uh, the innocent woman was unsuspectedly purchased a robot vacuum cleaner to relieve her daily stress and not have to worry about vacuuming the floors. But instead, the 52-year-old robot servant turned on her while he was taking a nap. The woman, whose name can't be revealed presumably for her own safety, was unable <laughs> to free herself from the machine after it sucked up, her, after it sucked up and trapped her hair. Well, well, well. The attack lasted several minutes before she was able to stop it. The woman immediately phoned the local emergency service and the, and the fire department soon showed up to complete a daring and dis- disparate rescue. <laughs> Could you imagine that? She would have had, she would have had, um, she's on the phone and she would have had that vacuum cleaner hanging off it, hanging off the back of her neck. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny, isn't it? I mean, Must have been an industrial to... strength vacuum. No, it's just a, uh, uh, um, what do I call them? The... Normal, yeah, normal ones. Well, we've got one. They got they got the brushes on them, and the brushes yeah. would have grabbed her hair. But what yeah. it is, she must have gone to sleep on the carpet or on the floor. If she hadn't gone to sleep on the bed, it couldn't have reached her hair. It's not like it jumped up onto the bed <laughs> to you know to specifically attack her hair. No, that's right. But uh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what else you don't want jumping up on your bed, and uh, <laughs> that's an Apple Watch because it should be on your wrist. Now, Apple is expected to host a launch event. For the MacBook Air Retina in Cupertino, either later this month or at the beginning of next, uh, apparently. Now, this is all rumours, but it looks like it's, you know, these these rumours look like they're pretty fair income. The event will take place either on the 24th of February or on early March, depending on uh, which rumour you want to believe. We'll also feature the release of iOS 8.2 and the final launch of the Apple iWatch, the, the, the final reveal of what it may look like. iOS 8.2 will bring important fixes to Apple's OS. Uh, however, arguably the more important feature of 8.2 is it will apparently support the final version of the Apple Watch. So good. If the watch is out, you would expect that. In order to try and boost its presence, Apple will apparently launch a 12-inch MacBook Air with Retina display and reversible USB Type-C port, which is significantly smaller than the USB 3. The reversible one's good. I think we mentioned those a couple of, oh, a while ago now. Because um, I don't know about you, but every time I put a USB in, I've, every time I've got it up the wrong way. Every time. I don't know why. It's just one of those things. Now, um, what else? This goes on and on and on. Uh, you know, the, the, these retinas, air, air, air retina things, they've got Intel Broadwell Core M processors, so they're not too bad, I suppose, uh, which could improve battery life, as they do, because they're not as powerful as normal. Now, the rumour is there will be a limited release of the MacBook Airs in multiple colours. So that'll be a, a change-up. Now, look, I might even have a little... No, oh, I don't have a picture of the multiple colours, but I've got a picture of the watches that may be, may be coming. So hey, there you go. Now, Tim Cook confirmed in the latest Apple results call that the Apple Watch will go on sale this April. Uh, the February-March event could see him reveal the final version of the watch uh, with particular focus on how apps work. So 8 point, uh, iOS 8.2 is expected to be fully compatible with Apple Watch. will apparently go live at the same time. So good on him. I was in Apple's store today at Rabina. I had a problem with my phone. It uh, wasn't charging. Like, if it was dead flat, it wouldn't charge from the power. It just wouldn't do it. So, uh, But it would from USB. Go figure that one. So anyway, took my little trusty little phone in. And uh, yeah, look, they, they they just cleaned it out for me. They said there's a probably a bit of lint up there in the in the power socket thing there. And they cleaned it out. So that was all. The what? Yeah, you don't want lint in your socket. But yeah, so it was all good. So that was, you know, all free. So yeah, thanks uh, thanks Apple Store for that. Hopefully I'll, uh, I'll try to charge it soon. 
Right. Speaking of, um, well, Apple, I guess, as soon as I have to, because, you know, I'm, I enjoy Apple stories so much. You do. This phone costs four and a half million dollars. Look at all those diamantes. It's a Valentine's gift that will put you in the good books. Assuming you've got four and a half million to spare. The Diamond Ecstasy Limited Edition iPhone 6 can be customized with an insane level of gold, diamonds, and gems of your choice. Regular smartphone is coated with either 24 karat gold, platinum, or rose gold before hundreds of precious stones are set into the Apple logo and around the device. You can even engrave your name on it where you'd want to be able to. This extravagant accessory doesn't come cheap with starting at 20 grand. Oh, nice. Nice. Beautiful. Speaking of phones, in my hot little hand, I have two. One is my Note 3, one is my Note 4. Yes. To look at them, as you can see, they pretty much don't look any different from each other. Um, the Note 4 is a little bit more responsive. Um, the stylus um, is a little bit nicer to hold. Um, but, yeah, honestly... For the most people, you're not going to notice the difference. The screens are virtually the same size. The four is fractionally longer and fractionally thicker. Um, there's actually a um, kind of a bezel thing going on, um, where it's kind of a, a weird shape on the back of the thing, as opposed to you can sort of see there. It's but it's got a single no, yeah. port instead of the USB three thing. It's got a high high speed charging. It's got um, it's got the new 4G Ultra or whatever the thing is, better signal. It actually does have slightly better signal. I had them both side by side today. And I was in a, uh, at the, down at the Gold Coast Hotel for lunch and my Note 4 had two bars and my Note 3 had none. So, um, so yeah, but um, interesting. I mean, I wouldn't have bought one had I not. My son's Note 2 has died, so she's going to get the new phone. I'm actually just going to stick with the 3 because honestly... Um, that's already got a broken screen, and why break two screens? Oh, exactly, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So yeah, so so you're you're you seem happy with the Android environment, Will? You you haven't you haven't ventured outside the Androids, have you? At Not all? Really? No. Um, I mean, there's there, I have no interest at all in going to iPhone because um, everybody I know is going away from iPhone because they're all sick of it. Um, there are a few different, and see the thing is with Android, there are a few different versions. Like obviously, HTC's got their own, Samsung's got their own. You know, there is a Windows phone. I did play with one just out of curiosity, and I had a quick. Well, actually, the new BlackBerry is really nice. Yeah, right. Um, well, the only problem with, with, with you know usability and stuff, it's actually quite nice. Unfortunately, it's such a limited market now. Yeah, like we've said it, I've said it before. Anyway, the only thing wrong with Windows Phone is there's just no apps. It's the same with Windows yeah. 8 tablet, laptops, and, and stuff. There's just no apps. apps. Like I was looking for, I've got a logbook on my phone that I use well, on a daily basis when I you know fill up fuel, and every time I get the car service, I put it in the logbook. I couldn't find one. No, that's something hopeless. as simple as a logbook. Like it's just not not there. Yeah. And things like I also use my phone to talk to my um, o, um, OD, ODB. Too, the data port and the car, so you can monitor what your car is doing and things like that via a Bluetooth oh, yeah. adapter. Yep. There's nothing like that on the Windows phone either. So, um, yeah, I think I didn't mind it. Like the experience wasn't horrible. It was very much similar to using Windows on a touchscreen computer, I guess. Like that's yeah, you can that's sort right. of see what they're going for there. Yeah. Um, and I mean, there are some things that would be beneficial. Like there's some software that you want to take with you that is cross, you know cross motionated but um yeah yeah for the price of the phone there's actually um those hawaii uh what are they hawaii's or whatever they are yeah, those, huawei's or something yeah they had a couple of those there and one looked exactly like the note 4 like i'm talking exactly in every shape size dimensions the specs on it um were identical the camera specs the memory the processor it was all the same the operating system was straight um, Android wasn't wasn't modded like the thing. It was fast. It was really unfortunately it was a, not a planned phone. It was only a purchase outright. Mm. But the thing was, it was uh, six hundred bucks outright. The Note 4 is eleven hundred. Yeah, right. So honestly, if you wanted to buy that sort of phone, spend the six hundred bucks and buy that thing. Like it's still got the same two year warranty. It's got dual SIM cards, so you can run you know two different two different SIM cards in it for two different numbers. Yeah, that's at, right. Sim simultaneously, mind you, not independent, so you haven't got to reboot the phone. They work at the same time. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, it, I mean, they're a great phone, and for the price, you know, they're certainly something that um, 
if I had the money to purchase outright, I probably would have actually bought that over the note. Yeah, okay. Yeah, right. All right. Now, uh, look, we've spoke about it uh, last couple of weeks, and uh, we spoke about the business opportunity. So ha- let's look at now more of what actually happens. What is what is the what is is actually being uh, provided here? And this is uh, scopeiteducation.com.au. Uh, these guys, they uh, what what it actually is is. You know, they want to know, is your child the next Steve Jobs or Bill Gates? You know, can we teach these kids to code? You never know what they can do unless, unless they can code. Uh, the, it, children are intellectual sponges with a world of potential and possibilities. Give them access to new innovative learning experiences. We can open their minds to realizing they can build what they dream. And that's what coding is all about, essentially. Uh, you think of something and you just if you can build what you dream, you're on, on your way to uh, success, I think. like How often have you sat down at a computer or your app tablet or your iPad thinking, geez, I wish I could just build something. Like, Will, like we build a logbook for Windows Phone, you know, how good would that be? Obviously, it would, would, would sell like hotcakes. Well, so, at least one copy. Yeah, that's right. Uh, real world useful skills for the workplace. So from everyday use to programming and design, the skills we teach uh, at the Scope IT Education will stay with them forever, giving them the ability to thrive in tomorrow's workplace. So um, the syllabus is not constructed to teach students via boxes ticked. Uh, it is, however, designed in a way to inspire and encourage children to explore their own passions and pursuits by equipping them with the tools in an engaging environment. So that's, in a, in a nutshell, what they're all about. That's what the business is. It's, you, you go in, teach the little kitties what to do, how to how to code. That's all. It's all uh, geared for primary school. They've had uh, a, a, a teacher in, you know, uh, to, to construct the curriculum for them. And, uh, yeah, it's all systems go. So it's a great little... It's a, it's a great course, great concept, and I think all the schools, uh, yeah, they should they should be keen to get something like this going. Like every school's got a computer lab. Like I remember when I was at school, we had a com- well, didn't have a computer lab. We had a computer, and then uh, <laughs> I think I think as time a computer for the entire school to share. Yeah, I think as time went on, <laughs> uh, we I think uh, I think we might have got something like XTs or something, or were they two eight sixes when they first come out? I don't know, but they're all DOS. There was no Windows. I'm talking back in what 1986 or something. So, uh, but anyway, that's the go. But these, the, you know, you um, the the kiddies get set up with Apple MacBooks, you know, in front of them. They they code the iOS, they code the for the Android platform. They uh, they they go home by the end of the course, by the end of the the year or whatever. They've they can have an app up on the iTunes store for all their friends and family to download. How cool is that? So, if you're interested in going to have a look at that, and ask your teacher, ask the school if you if you uh, if you if you think the kids should have it. If it's not at your school, go and ask the principal. Say. What's going on here? Go and have a look at scopeiteducation.com.au and uh, let's get these kiddies educated. How cool is that? Great stuff. All right. Let's go off. Something completely different. Victoria shamed. Shame, Victoria. Shame. You see Darren Hinch is back on the telly. He's on on, uh, Sky. You say that like it's a good thing. Oh, he's all right. He's to get, he gets carried away, doesn't he? He's all right. He's he's on the Sky Channel, Sky News, I think, Sunday nights or something. It's about the only channel he hasn't pissed off, I think. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, Victoria shamed as Australia's software piracy hotspot. What are you guys doing down there? Uh, Victoria recorded the most number of software piracy settlements by businesses last year. Uh-oh. BSA, the Software Alliance, settled three quarters of legal software cases in 2014 in Victoria. The percentage is an increase from 2013 when Victoria was at 39%. Oh, they've just about doubled. What's going on? Um, BSA's 12 settlements last year added up to an estimated cost of $825,000 worth of software. All businesses in those cases were requested to purchase authentic licenses plus pay up for an infringement of copyright. Almost one third of settlements were with businesses in the ag- in what? architectural and design verticals, while engineering came second with 20% manufacturing real estate, IT recruitment and sales. Well, I can't believe it. I don't believe it. Even in my small little home office here, like, I'm all legit because... Um, Pirate stuff doesn't work. It destroys your system. It destroys your... It gives you downtime. I know. I've had it. I hate it. In a lot of those situations, there are free alternatives. Yes. Yeah. yeah, 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 Like, I'm looking at a 
currently look, you know, speaking of that, I'm currently looking at um, point of sale and accounting software. And there are free alternatives that will do that. Then they're every bit as legit in terms of their operation than $1,000 software. Yeah, look, I suppose, look, look, obviously, architectural, you know, engineering, these are all probably pretty sophisticated firms. And maybe, uh, maybe the trust isn't really there in free software to help them out. But, uh, but you know, settlements between the BSA and the Australian businesses, including a $100,000 case with a Victorian construction business, uh, an instance of Autodesk piracy by Queensland steel manufacturer, an Autodesk violation by Perth engineering firm. Now, uh, you see, when you say that there's starting to get different terminologies in here, which makes you start to think, okay, it may not just be a straight case of, you know, going down the local pub and just asking your mate for the disc and going home and copying it. Uh, they're starting to hear talking violations, et cetera, et cetera. So maybe it's more of a licensing violation rather than just a straight out rip. That might be, you know, buy one copy, put it on 50 machines in your own business. But anyway, uh, last week, in last week, independently of the BSA, three major vendors, Adobe, Autodesk and Corel. Do you say Corel or Coral? Corel. Corel. Yeah, I've heard people say Coral. I'm thinking. I draw Coral. Yeah. I mean, I Coral draw. Yeah. <laughs> I think it is in Steve Corel. Who yeah. are you people? Anyway, filed a lawsuit. Like Will Farrell versus Will Farrell. I mean, come on. <laughs> they, Adobe Autodesk and Corel filed a lawsuit against fashion retail giant Forever 21. Never heard of him. Probably never will. Uh, alleging widespread, willful, and repeated piracy. Well, these guys are in trouble. It's only alleged, though. But it, <laughs> you know what that means. They're in trouble. How's that? Widespread, willful. That's a lot of adjectives in that to describe their, their version of piracy. Hmm. Shane. What else you got for us? Hello. Hello. <laughs> I have got I was I had a Apple iWatch. Uh, hang on. All right. We'll we'll, turn, we'll go <laughs> to Will if he No you... no 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 I'm back. I'm back. I'll just hang up on him. Okay. <laughs> um no, it was only Mum and Dad. Um <laughs> yeah, so I was I was gonna do my Apple iWatch story and I will, um, now that I've got it in front of me anyway. Uh, Apple iWatch. The Apple Watch will it's not an iWatch. The Apple Watch will bring glucose tracking to your wrist. Ooh. With help from Dexcom, a company that makes monitors uh, for diabetics, and Apple Watch will be one of the first wearables to bring glucose tracking to your wrist. The Apple Watch itself uh, will only act as the display because it doesn't actually have the, the license from the I think it's the FDA, the Federal Drugs Administration mob in America, to actually um, do the, the testing itself. Right. Uh, and, um, yeah, it goes on, the story goes on to say that Dexcom's Apple Watch app, uh, so Dexcom are actually making the, the app for it and they're the ones that have actually got the glucose tester. Mm-hmm. The Apple Watch app can bypass the agency's uh, torture speed approval process and be ready to, be, to go when the wearable ships in April, thanks to the rule change by the FDA. So it seems that the FDA's relaxed regulations on diabetes, diabetes software, so they were hard on the actual software as well, but they've relaxed that, not necessarily just for these guys, but just in general. Uh, and so diabetes software has given developers some room to work and they're taking advantage of it. So obviously it's just a, it's another kind of area that, in the, in this case, Apple Watch developers can actually you know do their thing. Well, I think and that. Sorry, Will. I was going to say just on that too. Uh, Fitbit is a huge fad at the moment. Um, a, lot, a lot of you guys may or may not know about Fitbit. It's basically something that tracks your health and things like that. But they're all there. What are you saying, model. Will? <laughs> are you saying that you know, we're not athletic and? Yeah, don't worry. We don't no, know. I mean, we don't I know love, about I that. I love looking Darshan. at Fitbit. I think it's fantastic. It looks great. You guys don't know about the <laughs> Fitbit. Um, the <laughs> Uh, the new Fitbit actually does um, everything as uh, body fat, step, blood pressure, cholesterol, glucose, and nutrition, and all that's tracked through the new Fitbit as well. So it's not, I mean, it's good that the Apple product is doing it, but it's not specifically, exclusively something that only Apple's doing. There are a few now that are doing it as well, but um, obviously you get somebody like Apple behind a project and tends to move a bit quicker. Do we know how these, this thing does test for glucose? Does it say how it does do this? No, uh, it's not the Apple Watch. It's going to be the um, it's the the Dexcom have actually got like a glucose tester, 
and they're just making an app to talk to the Apple Watch. Oh, okay. So you don't just like have the watch on your hand and you push a button and it'll tell you what your glucose is at any given time. Uh, okay. No, it's not like it's got like a no. needle behind or anything. The, no. the, the, fit, the Fitbit actually does um, does actually do that. But I think I, I, I'm trying to quickly look now. I did vaguely Warlock. Um, Jason put an article up on Facebook. If you're following him on Facebook, go back a couple of days and have a look. Um, there's an article on there I was reading, and it uh, I believe it does it via the sweat or via the electrolyte or some something. It's it's a pretty clever way of doing it. Oh, so the the Fitbit does that sort of stuff. Actually monitors it, yeah. Okay, yeah, right. So I'm guessing it could do pulse as well. Well, yeah. I mean, that's all. It always does that anyway. Pulse and and um, blood pressure and stuff like that. It's always yeah. been able to to figure out. I wonder if these things like uh, like say well, if, always, if, if your pulse stops, if it can just shoot out a, like a little SOS into the internet, you know, and locations and all that sort of stuff. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be good. Uh, look, I don't know. Do you guys give blood? Any give any give blood yep, givers here? I do. I'm not allowed yeah. to. Oh, why? Because of my disability, for some reason oh. they reckon that not that it's contagious or anything. They just because I've got a disability, they won't let yeah. me. Yeah. Because a lot of those laws are so antiquated, it's ridiculous. Well, I was just going to, I was going to, I just wanted to say how I think it's great to go and do that. And I think it's also good for your body because I, I believe that, mm. it, you know, replenish, you make new blood. And I think it's really good. Now, the only reason I brought that up wasn't just random, <laughs> like uh, surprisingly. But um, why I brought that is, is uh, because I went to give blood the other week and I couldn't because I, oh, some thing was low or something. And so, because like, they did the, the they give me the prick, and then that didn't that came out a tickle under, and so they had to go in get another jab to take another sample. They put in their machine. I think it was something to do with iron, and that was a like one point under apparently. And anyway, so I couldn't give it. But they said, "Oh look, what we're going to do is we're going to send this away, and we're going to test it for other stuff, and just make sure everything's all right." So you like you just go in, you get a free test as well for all this other stuff. I got a letter just the other day. Um, I don't know where it is now, but I've got it. I just said, oh, yeah, nothing wrong. You'll be right. Just eat bananas. So I went, well, yeah, it was, cool. there was oh, low potassium. It's funny. I never um, knew what my blood type was until I actually started giving you blood. Oh, neither did I. <laughs> no, ne- no, neither did I. I still don't know. I could have a guess, but I, I'm, I don't know. It tells sure. you on the letter, on the introduction letters, and I send them to you. Yes. Yeah, I've got my little card as well here somewhere, but, but I don't know. I, I don't know interested in you that. You get bracelets and you get all sorts of stuff now. It's pretty neat. Oh, I don't get that. I'll get a sausage oh, if you give, roll. If you give blood X amount of time, you know, the more you, the more you give, the more things you get. I think I've got the keychain now, which is like five times or something like that. Um, I don't. The you biggest to, problem you get to level up. What five yeah, times? It. The you... biggest problem with it is trying to find them somewhere where you are, near where when you are. Like they never seem to be around. Oh, they're, they're good down here. They're they're in a special building. They have got their own building over in Rabina. Oh, they've got they. Yeah. yeah, you can go certain places and give blood, but like the mobile ones are always. Oh, cool! I'll stop in there, and then, like on the Saturday or the Sunday when you're actually able to go there, they're not open. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I can't believe you. I don't get nothing. I've done about thirty. I haven't got a brazoo. You should. You look on their website. You get all sorts of perks, and you get letters, and you get stickers, and you get all sorts of things. Mm. Just like you used to get little badges. Are you using are you using your real name, or are you just like pretending to be someone different every time you go in there? Oh, that's what it is. A hacker in the US takes over a baby monitor and terrifies the nanny. Yes, yeah. <laughs> a hacker uh, took over the internet connected device to say to the nanny, Ashley Stanley, that's a really poopy diaper. He then, he then went to warn Stanley to password protect her camera. The nanny yeah. told a local news station she thought it was the child's parents. The baby monitor. Oh, the old Fozcams. Yep. I've got a Fozcam. They're pretty good. I like them. But I, I changed my uh, number, of course. Yeah, they're, yeah they're... I, got, I got the D-Link IP cams. They're like 35 bucks for a wireless camera. Yeah, that's pretty good. How big are they? Um, they're fair size. They're not small, but, you know, they, they're fine. Mm. They're wireless, they're low power, they have decent picture and it's accessible over the internet. So what more do you want? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, well, these Foscans, I've got one set up here. I put one in my brother's shop. You can control them and view them via, via phone mm. or you're on the Are desktop. they the ones that actually, they're on a gimbal, aren't they? Does that mean they twist around? Yeah. Yeah, they twist around yeah. and up and down. So that's why they're a little bit dearer. They're, they're worth it. They're, they're, mm. The thing is with the D-Link ones, the cheap ones, they're not. But um, yeah, the those Foscans, there's a few 
ripoffs of those now, but even the ripoffs aren't cheap. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I don't know. I reckon they're cheap. What are, I'm not sure what you call cheap, but oh, obviously thirty five bucks is cheap. The one I bought was about. Yeah, that's what I call cheap. <laughs> yeah, the one I bought was about ninety. You know. Yeah. See, I could. I can't justify spending ninety dollars on a camera. That, if I had a purpose for it, yeah. If it was something I needed. Yeah, to rotate and stuff, but when well, you got one that's fixed and yeah. yeah, but you can do everything with them. Like yeah, like you can set it up so it's motion detected. It's got mm. infrared, uh, so when it motion detects, uh, that sends me an email and also shoots a picture. It starts snapping things and and shoots the picture up to the internet. So even yep. if, so if someone come in and said, "Oh, camera, flog that," well, too late, sunshine, because there's pictures already gone. Up, that's it. Up that way. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, but anyway, always make sure your password protect your things. Or at least change the default password. You know, like admin and password is not secure. No. Apparently, in the new version of the FOSCAM, uh, it makes you change the password. So, Well, with the D-Links, finally, they've done that now. They give you a randomly generated password. But up until like a year ago, just about any D-Link or Netcom you'd come across, you could go... Pass. You could go like administrator or admin, and no password, and you'd get in just about every time. Yeah, right. Uh, all right, Will. What else is going on? All right. Well, speaking of Samsung, before I was talking them up. Well, that's not always the case. Recently, as in like a couple of days ago, Samsung, in their infinite wisdom, decided, and I'm not actually sure um, why they scaremongered this as much as they did, but they decided that your smart TV. Hmm. is spying on you. Oh. Uh, it actually captures the voice as the voice recognition is constantly waiting for you to say, you know, hello, Samsung, or whatever it is you say to make yep. it do something. Yep. Um, and um, it, so, yeah, it's, monitoring. You know, it's obviously monitoring that all the time. So, But everything you capture is being transmitted, and it's being transmitted to a third party. Um, so basically, in, according to their own... Um, their own literature, basically. Please be aware that if spoken words include personal or other sensitive information, the information will be at the, will be available and data captured and transmitted to a third party through the voice of recognition. <laughs> recognition. Any sound and it, what this article is actually really neat because it's actually comparing it to the um, George Orwell's description of telescreens, tele which spied on citizens in its novel in 1984. Mm. And in that, it states, any sound that Winston made above the level of a very low whisper would be picked up by it. Um, moreover, so long as he remained within the field of vision, the metal plaque commanded he could be seen and heard. There was, of course, no way to know whether you're being watched at any given moment, how often, or on what system, and though plugged into any individual wire. Crazy. So, that's 30 years ago, or 30, what, 1984. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, and that, <laughs> he, he basically, word for word, the same wording that's in Samsung's new novel. So, yeah, well, that's new a, novel, new um, instructions. But, yeah, basically, they're saying, don't talk in front of your TV. Yeah, well, that's pretty, that's, that's a scary sort of a story, <laughs> isn't it? Like, that's... Just in case that's not enough, mm -hmm. um, Samsung today, as far as I can tell, um, Oops, sorry, hang on, let me just do that. Samsung came out and said that Foxtel users have reported that their Samsung smart TVs are making the dumb move of randomly inserting ads during the movie. The problem, which had been acknowledged by Foxtel's website as a Samsung problem, comes days after they jumped on you know, the other one. The glitch, which has been reported by numerous people using Foxtel apps through their Samsung TV, is that the TV randomly inserts a Pepsi ad that displays silently on the screen, in full screen. What? The Foxtel spokesman today said it was an unintentional action by the Samsung, t by an unintentional end action by the Samsung. Apparently, why was that it? We're working on closely with them to resolve the problem. Came to light when Foxtel users began reporting the problem. Um, Samsung is aware of the issue and caused. Uh, they don't actually say it's a result of an error that occurred as part of a recent software update. Right. That's just <laughs> that's just that's getting a bit hard to believe that that's a mistake. Why would they be writing? The code to throw ads into the to, to on the screen anyway, just at any given random time. Like, why would you? I'm assuming it's so. Like, for example, if you're because it's controlled from the from the phone. So, if you're putting a YouTube video up there, for example, it would not necessarily play the YouTube ad. They could say, okay, Pepsi's paid us twenty million dollars to have X amount of ads displayed, so we can display an ad before the movie. Right. Obviously, it was poorly written, and it just executes randomly but, whenever it feels like. But wouldn't you be getting the YouTube 
code stream anyway, which would include the ad. Yeah, but they probably want to be able to control what ads it shows. But I don't think they'll be able to. Well, if they overwrite it, they will. If it says because obviously when you're getting the coding, it knows the first fifteen seconds are ads or whatever because it's a different it's a different yeah, okay. format. It's not yeah. the same format as the actual yeah. video. So it would go, oh, okay, it's a fifteen second ad. Let me throw up our own fifteen second ad. So I'm assuming just by the way it's written and by the descriptions of the problem I've read and by the way it's being handled, yeah. that's kind of what they're aiming at. Well, wouldn't I can't that... confirm that. But... No, but that you would think that that'd be against YouTube's. Uh, terms and conditions, therefore, the license Well, it would... depends if they're actually playing the ad or if they're bypassing the ad. Yeah. See, there's nothing to say that you can't run ad block on YouTube videos. All it means yeah. is the person who uh, whose video you're watching doesn't get the revenue for that video. So, if you are watching my videos on YouTube, don't turn on ad block. But um, the, the point is that um, you can quite easily disable the ads with Adblock and as far as I can tell, there's nothing in there about that and they don't mind you doing it and from an end user experience, it's more convenient. So if they were blocking the ads from YouTube and then putting their own ad in, that'd be one thing. If they're continuing to play the ad underneath their own ad and that person gets paid for an ad that nobody sees, that would become a problem. Yeah, I think, but just getting back to the original story, I think listening to you and sending it to third parties, that's crazy. That's... um. Oh, look, I know that has to be. Why does it have to go to a third party? Like, is this just what they're doing these days? Like, That's crazy. Well, all if, I mean, but, I think if it's enabled on my Note 4, I think you just say, hey, Samsung. Yeah, I know. Yeah. On silent. And it, it pops up and... Uh, I know what you're saying, but why send that Why send that anywhere else? What? Okay, so it goes back to Samsung or with the Apple, you know, you talk to Siri, it goes back to Apple and back again. Why does it need to go to a third party in the first place? In the third place, <laughs> but uh, but anyway, forget all well, that for marketing, probably. Well, yeah, exactly. That's right. Yeah, I don't know if I'm. Look, I I watch that goggle box. You ever? Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, it reminds me very much of that. <laughs> I haven't yeah. actually watched it, but it reminds me of the concept of that show. Anyway. Yeah, because I didn't think it was starting until Thursday, which is today, the day that we record. But I was on the Foxtel channel, the Lifestyle channel, and it was on there. And I'm thinking, how come Gogglebox Australia is on? The... Is that the Australian one, yes. or is there an American one? It mm. was the Australian. So I was watching it uh, just last night. I think it was on this on this lifestyle channel on the on the Foxtel, and uh, you know they're saying, "Oh, it's worldwide sensation." This Gogglebox. I just I watched for about ten minutes, and I went, "You're kidding, aren't you? This is boring as you know what. This is crap. <laughs> I hated it. It was like they went through all these. The idea behind it is that they've they've obviously mounted a camera on your on people's TVs, and then they just film them watching TV, and they film their conversations that they have, and anything interesting they think, or anything they think is might be vaguely or remotely interesting, they'll put it together and and make a show out of it. But it was rubbish because half the time they got to play a bit of the show to bring you up to speed with what they're watching. But most of the time, I'd seen all the, the shows. I'm thinking, oh, well, I'm just watching like reruns of the shows I've already seen. And in particular, the one I saw was Shark Tank. That was a great show. That's a good show. Go and watch that thing. But um, it's like Dragon's Den. But that's, that's, that's good. But yeah, Gogglebox. Not for me. Stuff that. That <laughs> was rubbish. That's going to be a flop. I can't see why it's the most popular thing in the world. Rubbish. But I'll tell you, it would force you to, to go across to a rapid share. Oh, hang on. You can't anymore. It's closing down. Uh, rapid share. Everyone's heard of rapid share. You would have been searching the net for your good little MP3s. <laughs> well, rapid share I mean, still is a great place to throw. Like, if you need to share a file with someone or whatever, I mean, obviously you can use Google Docs and stuff like that. But rapid share is just handy, handy yeah. to have for stuff like that. It's closing down though. Will it's mm, gone? No surprise there. Uh, it comes after a period of decline for the site, which sacked three quarters of its staff in 2013. <laughs> it, this is after it adopted uh, anti-piracy measures. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yes. It also has nothing to do with the fact that it was about the same time Pirate Bay closed down. Yeah, so it adopted anti-piracy <laughs> measures following criticism over allegations around copyright infringement and later scrapped its free service. According to one expert, oh, don't you love these experts, users had been abandoning the site ever since uh, it was no longer a viable business. The Switzerland-based site has warned users to secure their data and said all accounts would be deleted on the 31st of March this year. It was once ranked in the top three file sharing sites along with mega it tells you what it's all yeah. about mega video mega upload yep. which were estimated to have generated more than 21 billion visits between them i was actually speaking of mega upload i was watching a um, video the other day of um what was his name 
Kim or dot com. Yeah, yeah. I was watching him in court um, the, other, the other day, just a short, short snippet of it. Yeah, and they're talking about you know his passport or whether he's been extradited or whatever. And he's like, um, you know, this case is null and void because pretty much all the dates you've just read off are wrong. And he, what they'd done is all the dates were written in, oh, um, yeah. written in the American format, but because they're in a New Zealand court, they yeah. read read them off, and so all the dates that were suddenly on file, on record were all invalid dates. They weren't real dates because they'd read it as. The European style instead of the American style. Oh, now, so basically, they went, "Oh, um, okay," and he just got up and walked out because there's nothing <laughs> else they could do. Like that yeah. nullified their. Could you their imagine? Own he goes, the guy gets out. He goes, "Now, Kim, on <laughs> on the uh, twenty on the sixth day of the twenty third month, yeah, you that's did this. Much what they did, yeah." And Kim's going, "Oh, you got me there, haven't you?" Yeah. Hey, you got me there, Governor. <laughs> oh, what a joke! How bad is that? It's funny, it's yeah. Um, Pirate Bay has been allowed to come back online as of last week, and then about forty-eight hours after Pirate Bay was put back online, uh, Kickass Torrents got taken down. Oh no! Well, who's <laughs> so, who, who, who's up and who's down to, as we speak? Let's have a look. Well, Pir- no, Kickass is down now. There are some proxies still kicking around. Pirate Bay is officially back up. There's still the old Pirate Bay, which was their mirrored site anyway. Um, is that PirateBay.se? Where, I thought it was SE. Uh, I can't remember. No, that doesn't work anyway. But anyway, okay. So, and I also, as a follow-up, I went to your stupid Great Firewall of China again today. So it's still <laughs> yeah. down. I know. <laughs> I think it's been DDoSed, actually. <laughs> oh. Probably by the Chinese government. Probably. Probably. But anyway, so I'll kick out. What are people doing? They'd be, oh, Stan. What's Stan's number? <laughs> <laughs> got to ring Stan. Oh, get it. What are people doing? There's well, no, now, now no if you want a torrent, you've got to go to like Fred's Best Torrents. Oh, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go there and download that file. That'll be fine. Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> that'd, that'd be nice. Oh, it's a traffic infringement. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I better pay that. Here, yeah. have my credit card details. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, now, Shane. Are you going to talk about that? Yeah. The uh, article you put up on uh, the Aussie Tech Heads Facebook page earlier? Yes, yeah, just the, uh, the, yeah. The resurgence. Yes, of, of the, what do they call it? The, um, oh, what's the name? I don't know, it was your story. Yeah, I don't know. I, I wasn't going to talk You put it up there. Yeah, it was on the Facebook. It was the, it is. yeah, it was the, the crypto, the crypto virus. Crypto locker, yeah. Crypto locker, yeah, it's come back. It's people getting sent emails, you know, from traffic infringements and all this sort of stuff going, oh, here's your, here's your traffic fine, open it up and pay it. You open it up and, yeah. Bank. Yeah, crypto locker virus is back causing havoc. Um, we're now aware of two businesses affected by the virus today, both by opening a file from a fake email related to New South Wales traffic infringement. Mm. Other common tricks include fake power bills, gas bills, courier delivery notices. It's a very serious and real problem, and we are sending you this email so you can take steps now to protect your system. Exactly. Exactly. So, so take care yeah, of your system. The thing is, though, they probably attached that to a zip file that you had to open. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, it's a bit, it's, yeah. From what so I now, bu- you've actually got CryptoLocker, and it's a new version that only affects people watching you on the stream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's check in with Shane. I think he he's still there. Yeah, and I'm still here. Uh, did you have anything else uh, today? You got a little Telstra story, I see. Yeah, I've got a couple more stories, but it depends on whether we've got time or not. Um, Just I'll do the Telstra, Telstra one. one. Yep. Um, all right, so Telstra announced their first half uh, finances for this financial year. Telstra is expected to, well, they've actually announced them now, but this story was a couple of days ago. Telstra is expected to have made a profit of more than $2 billion in the six months to December. Analysts expect the country's number one telco to reveal a $4 billion plus pile of cash when it reports to the market on Thursday, which is today, so they've obviously already done that now. IG market strategist Evan Lucas believes that Mr. Thody is keen to increase Telstra's reach. David Thody is now looking to grow the business. Uh, it's a question of about whether he starts to hold back uh, for some cash for the um, for shareholders or does he take advantage of acquisitions like in, in Asia. The goes on to say that with around 15.6 million mobile customers, Telstra's um, got little to no room left to grow in Australia, so it's been looking for opportunities offshore. That's a lot company, of customers, 15.6 yeah, million. 15.6, yeah, 15.6, yeah. Geez, that's massive. 
Uh, I can't remember the, the how many phones there are, but I mean, there's what 23 million people, and I think on average, people have got like yeah, you know, two phones each. So you're probably looking at it around. Who, I, I don't know what, who would have two phones. No. Yeah. <laughs> Will, you're, you're probably above the average. Right? Will's got two uh, phones with two <laughs> sims in each. He's on fire. He's got four uh, numbers. Ooh. Sorry, I was just going to finish the story off. The company has dramatically um, increased its presence in Asia recently through the uh, $697 million US dollar acquisition of PacNet, uh, which owns the world's largest submarine uh, yeah, submarine cable network. Oh. And it finishes up by saying, Lucas said, Mr. Lucas, the, um, the finance guy, said that the shareholders should expect a higher dividend, probably around one cent to 15.5 cents higher, which is a big range. Uh, according to mar- uh, current market consensus. Now, I've got a question for you, Will. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, without notice, is do you think, well, I, I know the answer is yes, but so why is, if I'm loading up web pages on my computer, why mm-hmm. is uh, a 4G connection faster to load up a page than my cable connection? Do you think? But there's a lot of, yeah, I was going to say there are a few different reasons as well. Because I would have thought cable was pretty good. But are you talking, well, yeah, but a lot of the time it loads up a mobile mobile version of that page as well, which has got smaller images and everything. No, what I'm talking about is uh, when I was away, I hotspotted my little laptop to the phone. Oh, that's always, I'm surprised normally that's slower. No, it it was bringing pages back like no one's business. And then, then you'll get back home, do the same pages, and just well, wait, what, I don't know, a quarter of a second longer or something, you know? Or to do with your upload speed. Yeah, I reckon that's the go, eh? Yeah, I think you're right. I reckon... To a point, that's going to make a big difference, yeah. Yeah. Why? why... Because I, I know at the moment, because I'm uploading all my, I'm backing up everything to uh, Crash Plan, and I know even to load like Facebook and stuff, it's a waiting game at the moment. Yeah. How's my uh, audio this week? Is it cutting in and out this week? No, it's uh, good. A couple of times, but not too bad. It's been pretty good. Mm. Now, why have you got a picture of a car there? Um, oh, I forgot I had that on there. <laughs> um, that's there because there was a story I did, and I think it was about this time last year. I tried to go back and find it, but I couldn't remember where I had it. But basically, there was um, there was a group of people. They, they had what they call a GT challenge, and what it was was basically um, people sitting in a simulator, which is down here, and they're learning how to drive a race car based on a simulator. And anyway, so they finally took it to the real level this year at the Mount Bathurst, um, Mount Panorama, Bathurst 12-hour race. The Nissan GTR that they drove um, won the race. Now, what makes it special is that the, uh, was it three or four of these? I think there was three of them. Um, were all... Um, GT finalists, they all won the, the thing and they learnt to drive in simulators. And basically, the actual race at Mount Panorama was their first time they'd stepped foot into this car. The car was designed and built to the same specs they were playing in the game. And um, they basically drove the car like they were playing the game. They had the fastest lap times, they had the most consistent lap times, they had the best strategies for pitting and for um, emergency situations, things like that. They were overtaking in places that people don't overtake, like coming down Conrad and things like that. It's just not normally something you would do. Um, but they did it to prove a point, and that's that you know a lot of these arcade games can be translated into real life. Right. Um, and they've won a $1 million contract to drive for Nissan Motorsports across the world. There's been a few of them. There's a guy, um, uh, what's his name? Oh, I can't find it at the moment. There's another guy who's driving for Nismo in the Formula 1s. Um, you know, and so yeah, this this massive program now is actually introducing people to the sport via simulators, and then getting them out on the track, and they're driving for real. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, well, I suppose so, the simulators do look pretty real these days, and even even when they weren't real, um, you know, if you got a good a, a good one, you'd go all right. Like I remember, you know, you go to the arcades and joysticks and steering wheels were as sloppy as. You know what, and uh, they're just no good. So um, yeah, but like, because you know, when you're driving those ones in the arcade, you go, you go, turn, turn, turn. It just 
doesn't. Or you sit there and you just actually spin the wheel. Yeah. <laughs> you just yeah. flick it and it just keeps spinning. Yeah, or you, or you hit goats or something. Yeah, but anyway. Yeah, but yeah, simulators are good value. Well, they do them, you know, for astronaut training and all that sort of stuff. They do, but I mean, these are commercial, like, you can walk into a shop and you can buy the game. You can buy the console. You can buy the steering wheel and the pedals. All the stuff you can buy off the shelf. There's nothing special about them. Yeah. Yeah, that's you good. Know? They're not they're not custom designed like a lot of the aviation stuff is all custom designed. A lot of the astronaut stuff is all custom designed. This stuff's just stuff anybody can walk in and buy it off the shelf, and it helps obviously. I mean, aside from enabling you to race, it helps with reflexes. It helps with um, you know muscle memory because you're memorising traps. It helps you with um, strategizing and all this sort of stuff. But it's amazing how easily that translates. I mean, these guys had no trouble stepping out of a simulator into a car. Mm, yeah, that's they were great. hitting. They were hitting their breaking points. They were hitting their t- cornering points. They were, and they were consistent lap after lap. Their lap times are almost identical. You know, like a, a professional driver who's been doing it for for years. Yeah. these guys have never been in the car, never been in the race car before. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's, that's yeah, that's good. That's good. I don't know. I don't know if it's still the the same these days. But I heard years ago that pilots in America um, were allowed to use flight sim to uh, keep up their hours, but. Again, I don't know if that's still have the to, case. Uh, shoot, my little message for that. He'll be able to tell you. Have a look at the post I put up on the Aussie Techheads Facebook page. Yeah, the, that was cool. Yeah, just before. That was uh, shared by Milo originally, so thanks, Milo. Uh, all right, uh, so where can you contact You can email us, Shane with a Y, Will, or Glenn, Warlock, with a y. Eric, whoever, at AussieTechheads.com.au. Catch us on the Facebook, as mentioned before, facebook.com forward slash Aussie TechHeads, youtube.com forward slash Aussie TechHeads. Or you can, don't forget that the radio, AussieTechRadio.com. That is going crazy. You guys are loving it. Yeah, so, you can see shows like Obsidian Loft Podcast and here. Old Fart Geeks. <laughs> yes, yes, and uh, and all that sort of stuff. I think there's new episodes of Obsidian Loft and Old Fart Geeks this week. So, yes, all episodes change regularly every week. So if you hook into the Aussie Tech Radio every Friday, you will have new episodes to hopefully last you for, for the week whenever you uh, log in. I think, Shane, you used to listen to the radio, Aussie Tech Radio, didn't you? Yeah, I still do. Oh, all right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. occasionally, um, I don't know if it's just luck or, or what, but, yeah, it, I mean, we get more and more shows on there. But it's whether it's like an hour or if I leave it three hours or whatever. But there's been a couple of times where I'll hear the same show a couple of times. But, yeah, that's, that's just luck of the draw, I think. Oh, well, that's right. Yeah, so it depends, like, because um, like the, the shows that are up there, like, I'll, I'll rejig it every Friday. And, you know, some podcasts, they don't put out a show, they might miss the cutoff. You know, I've got, I've got deadlines, people. I've got <laughs> deadlines. <laughs> so. They might they might miss the cutoff, but you know most of the time, uh, if they miss the cutoff this week, like so they they don't get one out till Saturday. Well, we'll scoop that up for for the next one. So that's how it works. That's all. It's all nice keeping people happy. All right. So uh, that's about all we've got for this week. So thanks once again. Thanks uh, Shane for coming in and no uh, giving us your time and William as well. Thanks for coming in. No worries, mate. Check out obsidianloft.com and oldfartgeeks.com. Yes, and they're available on YouTube as well. YouTube, iTunes, the whole kit and caboodle. The whole box and dice. Beautiful. And uh, thanks to our sponsor, scopeiteducation.com.au. Until next time we meet, it's uh, farewell. Stay healthy and have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.